the president. Depend on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Live on the Abraham Lincoln Global Airport Studios. It's Ray Lighting. All right, here we go. Didn't mean to cut off the uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln Capital Airport Studios mentioned there. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. You are welcome. Okay. Here we go. Time for local news and the local council roundup. Here we go, Greg. Let's see. Let's hear it. All right. So we got an hour meeting last night. Hours a good time. That's it's good, and there's a lot they got to too. So I really enjoy when it's a short meeting, and we've got multiple topics to, to delve into. Uh, we'll talk a bit about decorum. Oh, decorum! Yeah, uh, we'll talk a bit about um, CO levels, carbon monoxide levels in police cars. Mm. Oh, I didn't realize that was an issue. Uh, and uh, and more. But let's start the meeting with a little bit of a roll call and uh, making sure that uh, those who are remote can take parts uh, in the meeting. Uh, they got Is there a motion to allow Alderwoman Conley and Alderwoman Turner to join us by phone remotely? So moved. Second. They must have been. Uh, at home watching Super Tuesday results. Mm, or at a basketball game. Or something. I don't know. Um, Proctor was not there. So Alderman Proctor was not at last night's uh, full council meeting. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into other uh, business um, before they started with the consent agenda and getting into the debate agenda. Uh, here's Alderman Donilon with um, a message that they got from the mayor last minute. Prior to this meeting, I believe about 445 Meetings email from you related to uh, the veto of agenda item 2020-060. And my question to Corporation Council is, is it appropriate for us as a council to consider whether to override the veto or not at our next council meeting, which would be in two weeks? Uh, that is correct. So we're going to have a... Mm. Uh, veto discussion oh they're gonna, they're gonna want, want to override something. they could so the bill the measure the ordinance um ultimately would uh allow for automatic payments of city funds to the city's pensions mm-hmm. if the city's funds are 16 to 20 percent uh cash on hand of the operating right. budget so so they voted to allow that yeah automatic and the mayor he wants to have the council vote on it each time. So oh. I don't know if the aldermen are going to attempt a veto override. They could just let it lay. So they, they, right? passed, they passed something in, in uh, one of the previous meetings yep. that said if, that they, if, they, if they're at so much. If they got like a surplus, for instance, then they can give that surplus automatically to the pensions. They could automatically, it'll just automatically yep. go. And then the mayor vetoed it saying... That's something that needs to be voted on every time. Yeah, he wants them to vote on it every time. Here's uh, Corporation Council Zirk a little bit more on the uh, procedure. The proper procedure would be for the council to take the matter up the next regularly scheduled meeting following the date that the meeting at which you received it. And then it would be on the posted agenda as well. That is correct. Thank you very much. So uh, I would imagine in two weeks we're going to probably hear a conversation about uh, this particular issue. They didn't focus on it any more than that last night. Hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, they passed the consent agenda. And if you recall, last week, there was a measure that was motioned for the consent agenda, dealt with liquor and giving a uh, particular establishment the ability to yeah, sell it was a place at MacArthur. spirits past 10 o'clock, uh, I believe until 1 o'clock. 
And um, Alderman McMiniman, he, he, you know, there's a whole debate about the process there, and he didn't want it on consent agenda. He wanted it on the debate agenda, and he got a little bit of gruff for that. Um, but he uh, now it's up for debate, and he talked about this particular measure to give this uh, liquor license extension. First of all, I'm a yes vote on this ordinance. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> now, he explains... His initial reservations. Uh, one had to do with uh, on Friday night, February 22, there were shots fired 50 feet from Ward 7 on West Isles. And uh, one individual went to the hospital in critical condition, and a second individual uh, also went to the hospital. And there was another incident that had him concerned as well uh, whenever this came up. Another shooting incident, uh, cars going down MacArthur then ended up on South Park Street that was concerned that there might have been some relationship. Why would that stop you from voting to give some business that isn't even in your ward the right to sell spirits? And he continues to talk about how he wanted time to get more information to see what what was going on. Had not had the statistics or the information last Tuesday. So by putting it on debate agenda, it gives you time to to look into the situation and gather up the facts. Well, Joe, what it sounded like it sounded like you're wanting your green. You're want, and I'm saying I, I know this isn't the case. But what it sounded like is you're wanting your palm greased before you. No. you I'm just saying that's what it sounded what? like. Come on. He should have just. That's, he, a, that's he, a horrible insinuation to make. I, I'm Ray. telling you, he should have said. I didn't pick up on that at all. He should have said last week, "Hey, I have some questions about these shootings. Can we hold this off a week?" <sighs> Don't insinuate. He's looking for. A, I, I'm uh, just saying. A, it's, get his palms like, greased. Hey, it sounded like Chicago politics of. Oh my uh, gosh. Hey, come uh, give us some, some. No. We'll give you your vote. The only person I heard last week talking about getting a little something, something, get your palms greased is you. <laughs> how how dare you? All right, he continues. We have 69. Licenses. B package oh. liquor licenses, which is what is being requested here. And there was only a handful of the ones that the guy actually has. So he's like, okay, it makes sense to go ahead and open this up and make it more kind of uniform. Um, but it wasn't just that. It wasn't just him wanting to take time to get the information to better understand what's going on here. Uh, it was also the idea of, you know, listen, I mean, aldermen have a voice in all of these things. Uh, liquor does oftentimes create drunkenness, fights, disagreements, um, assaults, well, that's batteries, that's and that kind it. of thing. And I'm not suggesting that this particular establishment is encouraging that or uh, participating in that. But, but he just wanted to make sure that uh, he got all the info. And in the other issue when it comes to aldermen and their prerogatives. Anyone on the council should feel the liberty and the safety to put something on debate if they want to. And we should respect um, and we sh- th- these debates about whether we put it on consent or debate are really unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, uh, getting a note, the gas station was on South Grand. Oh, whatever it was. Uh, did you say MacArthur? Yeah. I, yeah. It's a gas station. You know, it's a convenience store. It still um, wasn't in his ward. So, but I think, listen, I mean, the point that he made there, I think, is really salient and it's important. Anyone on the council should feel the liberty and the safety to put something on debate if they want to. And we should respect. Um, and we sh- th- yeah. these debates about whether we put it on consent or debate are really unnecessary.
And and that's what they're there for. You know, they're there to, you know, sound off and their prerogative is to either have more information and hold something or to go ahead and move forward and we got consent and so on. Now, uh, although I'm in Desenso, where this particular uh, measure impacted a gas station within her ward, she she talked about, listen, I mean, we're in a new era. People work all kinds of crazy hours. Work eight to one and don't get off. You know, one o'clock in the morning is when they get off work and they want to stop on their way home and pick up some some alcohol. Yeah. Um, so I, I just think we need to be open-minded about the world has changed and the way people consume whatever they consume has changed as well. Yeah. She also um, acknowledged that important point about aldermanic prerogative and how each alderman has a voice on the council. And she, uh, you know, uh, kind of said, agreed with Alderman McMinniman. I do agree with you, Alderman, that it shouldn't be a big deal if someone wants to put something on debate. But I also think you need to consider the home alderman in that uh, in these kinds of discussions, if they've talked to other people about it and if they know their neighborhoods. And when I've done my ride-alongs with the SPD, this is where we always stop. And I asked once, I said, why are we stopping here? They said, well, they have the cleanest bathrooms. There you go. Hmm. Well, a classy joint with clean bathrooms. And now they'll have packaged liquor because it passed. Well, if I if I worked nights or something, maybe I didn't get off work till 1 o'clock and I was a drinker. I'm not a drinker, but, you know, maybe you want to get a little something. I, yeah. I They should have the right to get totally. something. Totally. No, I, I'd, I'd say have 24-hour sales. That's the libertarian in me. You know, everybody's responsible for their own actions. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be fine with it. wouldn't bother me one bit. I know but your liberty ends when it crosses the line and impacts my liberty. So if you get drunk and you're driving and you crash into my family, you're going to be held to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't like, think I, like I don't think limiting who... a window of a few hours uh, for when somebody can buy alcohol is going to keep people from getting behind the wheel drug. You know, I mean, it's just... yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I don't like people who use the word sense. liberty too much. I'm, oh. not, I'm not taking a shot at you. I'm just I'm just saying I don't like you don't like liberty. I, I love What's liberty. No, I love liberty. I love liberty. I just don't like people who what you talking about, who, uh, uh, you know, what you talking about. <laughs> You don't word. like liberty, you socialist I commie. I love liberty. You best be liking that liberty or else. Thank you, Mr. President. Look, two things Thank I love. Thank you, Mr. President. Two, well, three things I love. That guy, liberty, and socialism. Love all of them. <laughs> what? I love them all. Uh, Some of the um, maybe um, <laughs> under the... Uh, all those things don't match up, right? Oh, they do for uh, me. <laughs> Okay, coming back, um, we'll start the conversation about uh, carbon monoxide and police cars. Yeah, I'm interested in how this conversation gets started. What do those two things have in common? And then we'll also get into the conversation about decorum. It's still to come here with the Council Roundup. Well, we'll be around for we'll be back for part two in just a second. Covers has golden crisp cod walleye trip. Get it while it's hot at Covers Western Wabash. Sunny with a high of fifty four, partly cloudy. All right, let's get back to part two of the Council Roundup. Sometimes the uh, most newsworthy stuff doesn't come from the ordinances that are passed or the debates mm-hmm. about decorum. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the most newsworthy stuff comes up because an alderman has a question. Uh, and an alderman had a question about um, carbon monoxide levels in Springfield police vehicles. 
So a bunch of director McCarty uh, was tapped to kind of uh, discuss this a bit. Reassure the mayor, the council, and the public, and the officers themselves that we're doing everything that we can, going above and beyond to ensure that those vehicles are safe. So there's an issue with carbon monoxide and Springfield police vehicles that are running. Uh, he talks a bit more about this and uh, the process they're going through to try to, you know, detect it and to make sure police officers are safe. And we have CO monitors and meters in the garage to do that testing. Anytime any officer feels that there's any kind of an issue, we encourage him to go ahead and park the car, pick up another car, and we will bring that in and do a full inspection and do a testing of that as well before it goes back out. Yeah, he continues. So, again, out of an abundance of caution, we have many, many steps in place to ensure that there is no safety issue in those vehicles, and we will continue to do that, and we will continue to enhance those safety measures. Now, Alderman Redpath seems to be the one that's prompted this whole conversation, uh, and he said it's really stemming from conversations he had over the weekend. was out Friday night and was co- not confronted but uh, addressed some officers who had some serious concerns. There was a, it was brought to my attention that an, an officer had actually went to the hospital. Ooh. Is that correct or is that not correct? Well, there was an issue related to that. I can't really get into specifics given we're talking about health of individuals. I didn't ask about a name. I just said, did an officer go to the hospital for carbon monoxide poisoning? Uh, Chief can answer that. Mm, Chief gets up and answers that. Yes, we've had an officer treated in the ER and released. All right. So there was an officer who went into the emergency room for... Uh, I'm assuming here uh, that carbon monoxide poisoning wow. and was treated and released. I'm just sitting in a car? Uh, apparently. Uh, here's more from the police chief. We're not opposed to buying one specifically for the vehicles. We've reached out to other local departments that have uh, waiting here back that have had similar incidents on what monitors they've used to see what's there. But the bottom line is we were trying to get something in there that would have an early alert system before there was a danger to the officer so we could address it. How would, I'm trying to figure out how that would work. Carbon monoxide detection. Yeah, well, like where they've got they've got units and cars. Carbon monoxide get into the car. Well, uh, could be you know the the manifold. The cars still have that. I don't know. I'm not a a mechanical engineer, but uh, you know the exhaust system itself. uh, There could be a leak in it, or it could just be if you're sitting in one position and you got the car running and so on. Uh, here's uh, Alderman Redpath, who, by the way, um, I don't know if he was the one that prompted this, but he did share that. it was um, a group of police officers that approached him over the weekend. Uh, but also it was uh, Alderwoman uh, Conley, who um, has been pushing for new squad cars. It was part of the uh, a budget amendment that she offered when they passed the budget. They didn't end up passing that, that amendment. But uh, they do have a plan to move forward with uh, vehicle purchases and to get newer vehicles. We'll hear more about that. But back to Alderman Redpath. If it's a home monitor, it's not going to work properly in a car. And and that's, that's a big concern to us. So we need an in-depth investigation to make sure that we're monitoring right if the cars are bad come back to us yeah um winslow talking about the condition of vehicles we're going to have 21 cars with an excess of 120,000 mile average on each car and as i stated last week and i was crystal clear we'll take any car you get there is a need for them there is a need because we're in a 52 week wait cycle oh man takes them a year to get cars that they ordered. They ordered cards last July, and they're being told they may be able to take them What kind of cars? What kind of cars they get? They're special intercept cruisers that are, you know, souped up. You know what they need? They need to get those smart packs. 
Well, we'll hear uh, from you know some of the uh, uh, vehicle uh, maintenance crews and what they are getting. Uh, but uh, here's Alderman Hanauer with questions about uh, you know the policy of keeping stuff idle. Was this officer was there, was he sitting in a car doing reports? Was he idling a lot? And what's the idle policy? I pulled up to to places and seen police cars out and see it all the time. They're sitting there. I know they've got the lockout and the cars are are running and you know to me that's when you would have the problems with carbon monoxide is when they're sitting still mm-hmm. not when they're in you know a route somewhere right and continues and why can't they shut these cars off yeah. because i mean it's also it costs more for fuel if you you know so in the winter time during the cold or severe weather we allow them to keep their cars running okay because the garage is said it's harder on the vehicles than just to restart them constantly. During the summertime, they should be shutting them off, unless it's a canine uh, vehicle that right. needs to be on right. all the time. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that right. actually makes sense. So yeah. they've got a general idea of what the policy is for keeping a car idle. Uh, but I think it's something that you know police have to think about, and not just police, but delivery drivers too. You know, yeah. yeah, UPS and FedEx trucks that are out there, and some of them are natural gas powered. Uh, but you still have the issue of exhaust and its impact on your lungs and so on. Uh, but Winslow continues. Hey, maybe you're out of the car unless you're using like your lights or traffic control or something. Then maybe we do turn them off, you know, even in the cold weather. That's something we'll talk to the garage about and we'll move forward on that. You know, put a, you know, new policies and reassess things. Uh, they went back and forth talking more about this, but I want to give you the last word to the fleet manager, kind of looking forward as to uh, what kind of vehicles they're going to be getting here. The 28 cars that we have on order are hybrid vehicles. <clears throat> so this is to be the first year for those for general production. All right. That's pretty neat. Yeah. I'd say get a smart so, pack. Well, you know, those hybrid, cars might be able to arrest somebody without a driver. Know, hybrid vehicles, though. That's, uh, you got different types of things going on there. Those vehicles will only run when they need to charge the battery. Oh. If they're not being driven, they will shut off yeah. and run on battery power with full accessories oh, operating ni- oh, until it nice. needs to charge the battery in the vehicle itself. Yeah. So you, do you get carbon monoxide in a hybrid? Uh, well, if the engine's not running. Yeah, it's just it would just be from the battery, right. from the battery. Yeah, so... Uh, that's the conversation about CO oh, levels nice. in SPD cars. News there, of course, that uh, Springfield police officer oh. did get treated at the hospital. Um, and, and we're getting hippie cars. And we're getting hippie cars, yeah, hippie it. police cars. I'd like a I wonder how it's going to do against a 1982 Trans yeah, yeah, see if it can catch my Mustang Yeah. when I'm running from the cops. Yeah, boy. Good luck catching me with your, your uh, hybrid. Yeah. Your sissy car. All of a sudden you see a, a Trans Am that's all painted up with uh, Trump 2020. Thank you, Mr. President. Woo! Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> Good luck catching me, you pig. No, stop it. All right. Your sissy car. Uh, coming back, we'll get into um, a conversation about decorum that also brought in the homeless situation and revisiting some things that were said a couple of weeks ago. So stay tuned. That's on the way. Uh, 7.31, that means the news time. Let's turn it over to Greg in the WMAY News Center. The news you can depend It's Ray Lytle. Now it's time Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. So, uh, about an hour-long meeting. Good stuff. Nice discussions. Good debate. 
Heard about um, CO levels in SPD cars, carbon monoxide inside of uh, Springfield Police Department cars. Um, also, we uh, we had a little bit of a discussion on, uh, you know, the, the prerogative of aldermen and this discussion of, you know, if somebody wants to put something on debate agenda, it shouldn't be that there, there shouldn't be that much drama associated with it. But speaking well, of drama, it depends on what it is. But yeah, speaking of drama, let's talk it. Because we get a lot of it with the Springfield City Council. It's what makes, honestly, this uh, roundup so much fun. Uh, Thank God they have drama. <laughs> Stop it. We, we hope we root for more. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I don't want... Uh, you know, it's good to have contrarians, but it's better to have uh, uh, respectable debates and conversations. Uh, here's I'm all the... just hoping they get rid of term limits before Joe McMenamin has to leave. Uh, he's. I think he's term limited out. After yeah, this, this, is, this is it. Yeah. Uh, here's older woman uh, Kristen DeCenso, uh talking about decorum and kind of addressing some of the things that have been said in the past couple of weeks meetings. And I feel like we have to have this conversation about every six months up here um, about respecting each other and um, respecting each other's opinions. And we are all allowed to have our own opinions up here. But what we are not allowed to do is insult each other no, that's and call our into each other call into question each other's character. And two weeks ago, someone up here insinuated that I was a liar about something. <sighs> oh boy. This deals with the conversation about the warming shelter mm-hmm. and uh the state uh, rather a city employee that apparently is also moonlighting at that warming shelter. Mm-hmm. Uh but here's some more uh, kind of context from uh the older woman. Now, we all get passionate about things, and we all get um, emotional, emotional about things we're talking about, but we have to have a level of civility up here, or we don't belong up here. And we've all done it. There isn't anyone up here who hasn't, well, maybe Alderman Gregory, <laughs> but he's very new. Um, give him a chance. Uh, <laughs> oh, Alderman Donlin, the perfect gentleman. But, you know... <laughs> Narrowed it down, huh? Wait a minute. But we, you know, uh, Alderman Fulgenzi. Okay, all right. All right, all right. Okay, so there's just a couple of jerks up here. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> here she is saying we need to have more respect and decorum, but there's no, only a couple I say of throw jerks that up out. here. Wait, no, no, we we love it when you guys argue. Come on. Here's That's more. what gives us a show. And if we want to keep things moving, we need to be respectful of each other. Listen, we'll still have a show, even if not. I mean, because there's they spend you know millions of tax dollars, so there's always stuff to highlight, and there's always going to be uh, thorough debates, even if it doesn't get to the level of what we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, with people screaming at each other and whatnot, uh, or the gavel being used, for instance, uh, or uh, citizens addressing the council. That can always produce some fireworks as well. Uh, but uh, Alderwoman DeCenso, she opened this can of worms and allowed McMiniman to I'm jump glad in. You brought up this topic and this subject because. Now you're allowing me to speak to the very same topic, which I would not have done so. Right. Uh, and he talks about um, Juan Huerta. And he was, uh, uh, you know, part of this conversation whenever it was discussed about the warming center. So he kind of uh, unpacks that a bit. And so he was not here to defend himself. And what I remember, and we can go back and, and, and listen to the audio. And Juan Huerta is with the um, city's community relations department. Yeah. But you, uh, as I remember... You um, earlier in the meeting, you said that we're receiving lies here 
That's not what I said. Well, I've listened to it several times. Pause again. Now I've got the floor. So you referred to lies being told here. Okay. So So McMiniman had the floor. (laughs) All right. DeCenso was able to say her piece. McMiniman had the floor. Uh, She kind of interjected, but uh, that's something for the chairperson of the uh, committee of the whole or the mayor, the chair of the uh, uh, full committee or the full council meeting. Uh, That's for them to to control and to make sure that, you know, people aren't talking over each other. But McMiniman went on to the the question at hand about a city employee who is moonlighting at the warming shelter. To my recollection, said no. And what he meant by that was we've got no city employees working in the capacity of a city employee at the warming shelter. Uh, Is that splitting hairs? Hmm. Some people may think so. When we have city employees as city employees at the warming shelter, if there's an incident of assault or battery or abuse, potentially there's liability to the city. Yeah, uh, but if they're not there in the they're city capacity, the capacity and they're doing it part-time. Yeah, it's yeah. like if a, it's a, if a police officer off-duty is performing security somewhere, right. the city's not liable for right. anything that goes on at the club or concert or something. Yeah. McMiniman continues, kind of directing uh, some of his comments towards Alderwoman DeCenso. I got upset um, when later on in the same meeting... You again repeated the the charge that we're being lied to and we need honesty. And you're correct. When you said that, I said, you too. That's all I said. Because I thought you were now calling people liars. Okay. If you remember, that was like two weeks ago when they had that long debate and so on. And then if you remember last week, uh, we played it over and over again when McMiniman was the uh, the chair of the Committee of the Whole. And he, he was trying to get control of the meeting and then... You heard all the women dissent, so in the background, okay. <laughs> so, listen, I mean, okay. I respect both Alderwoman DeCenso and Alderman McMiniman. Know them both. They both have uh, some, some faults in this. Uh, you can, you can. God bless them. <laughs> Thank you for giving us content. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, I mean, listen, everybody's got a fault here. We're all human. But we all do need to, you know, look at making things a little bit better and more congenial and uh, collegiate and uh, making sure that the decorum is not out of control. So what was I lying about? You were lying that Juan Huerta had lied. You called him a liar. No. But it's, uh, let's, Wrong. I think I asked, everybody has their own opinion. So no, no, think, no, no, no. I want to no, be very clear. I asked. I said, we need to hear the truth. Those were my words. I've listened to it 50 times. I didn't say you're lying and you're lying and you're lying. Oh, I I've said, still got the floor. Oh, <laughs> She's defending herself. No, she is defending herself. No, no Let question. Let her speak, Joe. Come on. But he still had the floor. Yeah, uh, but it sounds like he's saying, oh, she's starting to sound good. I have the floor. Let's hear from uh, the ultimate gentleman, Alderman Donilon. Not only was the question of whether we had a city employee there or not, that was brought up. But the heart of the issue was... We were told that we were told in the room that there wasn't a problem, and then we were fortunate to have this individual from uh, the community figure out and, and do some investigations and bring to our attention, which I think is the right thing to do because we have a stake in all of this, uh, that there is a problem, and and I trust that that's being addressed. 
But that was the heat and the spirit yeah. of the conversation. And I think he's right on that. Um, the, the issue wasn't necessarily about whether or not somebody was moonlighting there. The issue was really about how people were being treated, yeah. how the clients of the warming center were being treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, here is Alderman Redpath. Uh, jumping into this conversation, Juan, we're not saying Juan was lying that he was that he was over there working in the city capacity, but he did not. When we asked that question, he did not tell us that he was that he was a city employee working there in a secondary uh, employment uh, position. So here's uh, Juan Huerta um, kind of responding to some. First of, this. of all, I know that nobody called me a liar. So I mean, I think we have disagreements, you know. You know, I was out of the country getting texts from people. I wish I was here. Yeah, and he continued. I don't think things personal. I think that we are all passionate. I think all you guys care about the homeless. Uh, You know, uh, I want to continue to work with each of you. So that was pretty much what Juan was responding to. I don't think he necessarily made clear as to the status of this uh, moonlighting employee uh, or any of the other investigations that may be going on. However, it was revealed that the the inspector general uh, is looking into this, uh, into the allegations, and uh, they're going to get to the bottom of it. We could hear that in a uh, quarterly report uh, from the inspector general when they uh, present that to the city. Alderman Hanauer talking about decorum doesn't necessarily talk about the decorum amongst aldermen. He, he kind of went after some citizens that typically address the council Um, whoever has a gavel when we have people come up and they just start ripping on on members of this council that's what that's what irritates the living heck out of me um that's what gives us radio gold actually mm -hmm. um we love you know we shouldn't that that should not be tolerated Mm. we need to gavel that needs to be gaveled down Eh. and i and we all take turns that shouldn't be tolerated at all. I don't know. You ran for They don't have the right. right to come up and, and just. No, they do. Just, yeah. you know, no, they do have a right. Rip on us and put us down and, and, and all no, kinds they, they of stuff. I just don't, I just no, don't think sorry. that that's right. No, it, well, you, you might not have think the it. right to. Def- they have the right to that. You have the right to defend yourself. Now, here's the thing. All right. So the, the council does have some rules when it comes to citizens addressing the council. Yeah. Uh, they're typically not allowed to ask specific questions and demand responses there on the spot. Well, they can't come up and be offensive. You can ask questions, but aldermen aren't aren't, aren't um, responsible for answering your questions. Yeah. Uh, you can get up there, and I'm sure you could, if you wanted to, you could. You got free speech. You could say whatever you want in that five minutes allotted, right? You could say whatever you want. You can down. You could talk down to the alderman. You can call them names and all that. If you then become um, disruptive. If you become abusive, then police could probably be asked to escort you out of the chambers. But I'm sorry, Alderman, as Ray said, you 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 were elected to this job. Yeah. You're an elected official. You ran for office. All right? People have a First happen? Amendment right to criticize whoever they want to criticize, especially the people that are getting paid for by tax dollars that they pay to the city every day. Um, uh, moving on, I, back to the issue at hand, though, about this uh, moonlighting employee Alderwoman Turner, calling in remotely, knocked it out of the park. For any city employee to work on a on a project that is being funded by the city, I, I, I just think that there should be a prohibition with regard to that. And I know that uh, someone has to sign off on secondary employment. And if it's a situation where a city employee is asking to have secondary employment on a project that is being funded by the city, it should be prohibited. Stop making sense. (laughs) 
All right. So that was the end of that conversation. One last little tidbit I want to get to uh, some history for the city of Springfield. Uh, this time in history in 1837 is when the uh, city of Springfield became a capital. Wow. To the uh, long nine, wow. one of which is, uh, was Abraham Lincoln, of course. Look at that. And uh, so thank you, Ken Burns. Yeah, Alderman McMiniman jumps in, too, with another little note. Speaking of the Long Nine, a uh, Rolling Meadows farm issued a new brew Saturday night. Oh, on the, they had a leap year party at Malden, really and they issued uh, the Long Nine brew. Oh, nice. Uh, brewed at uh, Rolling Meadows farm. Really good beer. I had some. Really mm. good beer. McMiniman was at this uh, event Saturday. Is that an alcoholic drink, Joe? Well, <laughs> Alderman. <laughs> all things in moderation. All things in moderation. What time are you consuming it? <laughs> and, uh, the sure event was also attended by Sheriff Jack Campbell and our state's attorney and our state's attorney Dan Wright. It was a very um, mannered crowd there that night. And I can confirm. Uh, saw McMiniman there. Saw Jack Campbell there. Saw Dan Wright oh, you there. You were there at Megan and as well, I enjoyed sure. drinks in the wonderful company of uh, Rolling Meadows and that uh, that Long Nine brew is delicious. The Long Nine Lager, I believe. Very good stuff. Rolling Meadows did a smash up job. That's your council roundup. There's your council roundup. Thanks, everybody. Three level.